The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Canapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. Welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's newer. Thank you for being here. We are talking about Rehazas of Atlanta and real, um, real, real married to medicine. <laughs> We're talking about the very real women of real, uh, of Jesus, I keep saying it, of married to medicine. Um, so I heard that this week there's no um, Beverly Hills, which is confusing. But if you have been on social media for the last like 24 hours, it's been a very interesting day in the Beverly Hills world. So just a little bit of housekeeping. I will obviously still do a Saturday episode because I think it's the Dubai finale. And I feel like I'm the only podcast out here that even spends time on Dubai. So I'm definitely going to be talking about that. I'll talk about whatever's been going on on Beverly Hills on social media um, on the Saturday episode today. Like I said, we're talking about Married to Medicine and uh, Atlanta. So let's let's just get into it, okay? Um, 
Real Houses of Atlanta, we open back up on this foolishness at dinner in Jamaica, where, like I said last week, this whole mess is created because of Sheree, okay? Sheree comes in. She goes up to Sonia and says, I'm mad at you for uninviting me. And Sonia's like, uninviting you? You didn't show up. And then Sheree goes to Kenya and says, oh, Sonia tried to come at me for saying, oh, you guys didn't even show up. And so now Kenya thinks that Sonia's mad at her for not showing up when actually Sonia didn't care. So then, so then Kenya, just because she's, when she comes in on the defensive, she goes, absolutely betcha. She starts to talk about you were a bad host and blah, 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 and all that. And then we ended with Ross getting up and saying, don't fuck with my wife. And then they all walk away. And I was just like, it's just, <laughs> it was a big reaction for like, not a big fight. Like, I don't know. It just, it felt awkward. But then they walked away and they like talked for a little while. And then Sonia says in the confessionals that she and Sheree and Marla were supposed to be some sort of a pack. And I'm like, what is this threesome? Like, I'm very confused about what kind of information Sonia has been getting behind the scenes where Marlo convinced her that like she and Sheree were going to be the stars of the show this season. Like I said before, I've said it like almost every single week when talking about Atlanta. I really feel like Marlo thought the show was going to be edited differently. I really think that Marlo thought that Kenya was going to be the villain again, as she usually is every single season, and that she was going to get some sort of like amazing edit for her because she thought people were excited about her being back or about Sheree being back. It's just very confusing where this like little threesome is coming from. But anyway, I'm with Candy, which is – I don't know why everyone is so mad when everyone who went on the catamaran had a good time. Nobody really cares. And I'm also with Candy in that we're going to talk about hosting. Kenya, my girl, does not really have a leg to stand on. She was a terrible hostess in South Carolina last year. Um, we'll never forget <laughs> – Kenya bringing in her own takeout, not even offering it to her guests, (laughs) letting her guests starve or take out cold sandwiches from the fridge themselves. Oh God, I love it. Oh God. Um, anyway, like I said, all this is because of Sheree and I, here's the thing. I think Sheree and I mean this as love as kindly as it possibly can say. I think Sheree is actually really stupid. Like, I think that, like, I'm remembering watching Sheree that she is almost like Teresa Judice level, clueless and messy. Like, she doesn't quite have a backbone. She often misunderstands things. She gets into really bizarre fights and. She's often quite clueless and quite messy. And that just reminds me a lot of Teresa. Anyway, Ross and Sonia come back and that's it. Um, That's the end of the dinner. And then the next day, Sonia goes to do iFit things and she makes Marlo a proxy host for the day, which again, what is this? What is this weird alliance with Marlo? It's just very confusing. Um, Sheree's on a FaceTime call with her She by Sheree team, and apparently they're very behind and there are no fashions. Now, I've watched enough Project Runway, and I, like, have followed a lot of the Project Runway people on Instagram for long enough to know that it's not just a matter of, like, putting together looks and having them 
show up. I know that there's a lot of technical writing involved. And I think what Sheree is really trying to do is make sure that the day that she launches her fashion line, that it's also available for purchase online. And I understand that that kind of mass marketing takes a lot more work. There's a lot of specifics that you have to write in order to create fashion. And I understand that just as a person who understands how things are made, it takes a long time. (laughs) However, we've been hearing about She by Sheree for so long. And I'm not surprised that she's still not ready considering like two weeks before they go to Jamaica, she was like, I'm just so excited to finally have my thoughts on paper, which is again, like where were the thoughts before that they're now finally on paper, you know? Anyway, um, then Sheree goes to meet up with Sonia at this iFit shoot and shows up super duper late, misses the whole thing. But she and um, Sonia are talking and Sonia says, I'm glad that we, you know, cleared out this misunderstanding. But Sonia doesn't understand why she and Kenya just can't seem to get on the same page. And she thinks that it's because Sonia is so close to Marlo. And I'm like, I don't know, Sonia, maybe it's because when Kenya came to Blue Ridge, she confided in you about why she's so irritated with Marlo. And then you went and created a mess of it. Kenya said, why should I try to be close with somebody like Marlo when she's not even close to her own family? She's not even loyal to her own family. Why should I try to be close to her? And on top of that, whatever she's doing to those kids is super triggering to me. That's what Kenya told Sonia. And Sonia went and talked about it to Marlo as if Kenya was talking shit about Michael and William. Again, this is going to come up later. Anytime Michael and William are brought up, instead of Marlo owning that the criticism is actually on her, she's always like, don't talk negatively about my nephews. It's like, no one's talking. Those kids are lovely. You're the asshole here, Marlo. But anyway, back to Sonia and Kenya. Sonia made a mess of that. And so why would she and you guys be on the same page? And also, are you mad at her about showing up late to Kingston? She told you why she was late and you just didn't like the answer. So I feel like Sonia's Sonia's coming in with a whole bunch of angry energy and it makes no sense. Um, They all go to lunch and a bird shits on them, which is great and hilarious. And Marla tries to get the other girls to come and hang out with her, but everyone's like, we'd rather eat food with a little bit of bird poop in it than hang out with Marlo. Um, Anyway, Kenya and Candy are sort of hanging out separately. Marlo talks to Manetta and Sheree about the argument with Candy a few episodes ago, which God, I actually even forgot happened. Marlo is still upset that Candy quote unquote used her nephews against her. But Like I said, Candy just brought up the irony, okay? That isn't using your nephews against you. It's pointing out the irony and the hypocrisy of you, Marlo, inserting yourself into Ralph's shit. Just like it is triggering to you, Marlo, to hear Ralph not adopting his stepson, it is triggering to Candy to hear you kicking out your nephews, okay? Because those are all relatable situations. We're human beings. When we see other humans not behaving in a way that we think is the right way to behave, we have some sort of a visceral reaction. The adult thing to do, of course, is to keep our opinions to ourselves. However, when we see somebody else not keeping their opinions to to themselves and being hypocrites, we want to point it out, even if we're being hypocrites by pointing it out. But you know what I'm saying. 
Anyway, they all go on a safari and Sonia meets them there. Can I just point out, Sonia has pointed out in the very first episode that her name is Sonia. It's Sonia. And Marlo, keeps, who's besties with her, keeps calling her Sanya. It's not Sanya. It's Sonia. <laughs> they do this like bamboo rafting thing and it's supposed to be very relaxing. What I love about it is that like... <laughs> Watching Sheree and Kenya on the thing together, the way they're like kind of mumbling and side talking to each other like a couple of aunties. I just <laughs> I just found it very cute. Of course, Sonia and Marlo sit together because they're thick as thieves. Like I said, Kenya and Sheree are together. And Kenya points out that Ross was aggressive as hell at dinner for getting up and cussing out the table. Now, Sheree thinks that that's not aggressive, but I'm not surprised by that. I don't think that I necessarily agree with what Sheree thinks is acceptable or unacceptable for men to do. Sheree's got a bad, she's a bad judge of a lot of things. Um, Marlo and Sonia are talking about Kenya and then they're being absolutely awful. And it's like, you don't understand why Kenya doesn't like you. Meanwhile, Kenya's not really talk shit about you, Sonia. Kenya's not really said anything about Sonia. All she said is, I called you twice about this iFit thing and you didn't call me back. So I didn't know what was going on. And I texted you and you never got back to me. And instead, Sonia is sitting here on the side laughing with Marlo about Kenya's divorce. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. Anyway, afterwards... Everyone's getting fabulous um, for dinner. Drew, this is, there's no Drew this episode. There's no Drew this episode, but Sonia does uh, do a lot of Drewing. Drew, Drew can't go to the dinner because her whole, her foot situation, whatever. I just got to say, everybody just looks so stunning. Like everybody on vacation just looks so good. And every time I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, it makes me like want to be more bold with like my clothing choices because because I'm just always so inspired by women with curves wearing certain kinds of clothing. And I'm, on the other hand, you have like, like I grew up, you know, I grew up with women like say Kyle Richards, right? Wanting to, or like Lisa Renna being thin and wearing clothes that fit on a thin frame. So you're just used to thinking that clothes should look a certain way and they should look the way they look on a thin body. And I love her houses of Atlanta. I love her houses of Potomac for this too. Mary's medicine where these women are stunning. They have curves and they wear whatever the hell they want. And they look just so damn good. I just love their aesthetic. Their aesthetic is what I wish I could look like on vacation. I can't do it, but I really wish I could look like them. Um, they're all getting ready. Maniata comes to Candy's room. And they talk about the Marlo situation because Manetta shares with Candy what Marlo told her about the nephews. And Candy says, again, what we all think, which is Marlo uses her trauma card when she wants, okay? It's like when Marlo is getting called out for something, she starts to talk about I my childhood and this and that. But at the same time, she's the first one to hit below the belt. She's the first one to talk about Kenya's mom. She's the first one to talk about abuse. She's the first one to point out all these things. And meanwhile, she gets to play the trauma card when she wants to. And that's fucked up. She wants to play the trauma card, but then she's sitting around with Sonia laughing about Kenya's divorce. That's fucked up. And Candy says she brought up her nephews because she's pointing out Marlo's hypocrisy. Everyone gets to dinner, and I just also have to say about their aesthetic, 
they look a hundred times better than the Beverly Hills girls. Like I know also on Atlanta now they've started traveling with glam or having like somebody come and do their hair and makeup and stuff. But like the aesthetic, the way that they all kind of match, the way they look, nobody looks like they're trying too hard. They always look like breezy and easy and so chill and like just like effort, but effortlessly flawless. Whereas the Beverly Hills girls are just like always doing way, way too much. Um, everyone gets to dinner and they share their favorite moments of the trip. And Marlo says, Sheree says that her favorite day was at the track because it was so cool to see that part of Sonia's life. And she loved watching the race. And Marlo says she loved that day because when looking back at the video, she loved hearing people root for her. And everyone's like, oh, we were all rooting for you because we all had our money on you. And she's like, oh, well... Even if you're rooting for me, but not really rooting for me, I just like hearing people vouch for me. And you could see Candy and Kenya rolling their eyes because it is comical for somebody who is always so quick to go below the belt, so quick to attack people, so quick to put people down, to sit around and talk about, I just want everybody to root for me. If you want people to root for you, maybe you should root for other people, Marlo. It made me sad for her, but also made me annoyed with her. And then Marlo and Candy get into it, and Marlo says she's still mad at Candy for bringing her nephew's business to the table, which first of all, like Marlo, everybody at the table already knows about the situation with your nephews. So I don't know what you're talking about where, oh, now everybody knows about Michael and William. You already sat everybody down and talked to them about Michael and William. So what's the problem? But Candy explains herself. And she says that what she said wasn't even about Michael or William. It was about Marlo and there's no lies there. And she's telling the truth. And Marlo's like, I'm telling the truth. She's like, no, you're not. You were not telling the truth about my mom or my husband. But regardless, I will apologize to you for doing this in public instead of in private. But Candy says she felt like she had to jump in and say something because if Ralph tried to defend himself, it would have been Ralph fighting with a woman. Marla says that she's going to go below. She knows she goes below the belt and she does it a lot, but so does Candy. And I'm like, I don't think that that's true. Marla, you can't just say stuff. I've never, ever, literally never heard Candy ever going below the belt. And again, Candy bringing up what you did to your nephews is not going below the belt. You did that to your nephews and you talked about it ad nauseum to everybody. And then you had the audacity to try to say to somebody, you're a bad person and you're triggering me for not adopting your son. That's insanity, Marlo. Like, how are you so unaware of yourself? Well, of course you are because you're Marlo. But still, either way, Candy is not bringing up the nephews because she's trying to go below the belt. She's just pointing out your own hypocrisy. And Candy never goes below the belt. She barely touches people's belts. She barely even speaks up. She only retaliates if you bring her into it. And then Todd says, next time, just leave me the fuck out of it. And Marlo is like, oh my God, Todd, you're being so aggressive. Listen, Todd is a lot of things. But aggressive? (laughs) I would not say that Todd is aggressive. What about Todd is aggressive? Todd is not even a little bit aggressive. Like, (laughs) there are more aggressive women at the table than Todd, okay? Marla says it's done for now, but it's definitely not resolved. 
And then the men leave and Sonia tries to have a moment and says, what's up, Kenya, and starts a thing. And she says, Kenya has been ungrateful and disengaged. And Kenya's when Kenya tries to defend herself, Sonia is just being so unreasonably disruptive and weird. And like I said, without Drew there, she's doing Drew's job. She is interrupting and Kenya points it out. She also, I have to say, Sonia is doing to Kenya what she did to Drew. Okay. She had an issue with Drew at some point in the beginning of the season because of what? She just didn't like Drew because it seemed like nobody else liked Drew. So she came in and started to fight with Drew. Okay, fine. And then now she has a problem with Kenya because Marlo told her to have a problem with Kenya. It just feels to me like Sonia doesn't quite know who to be aligning herself with. So she's just picking a fight to pick a fight. And it doesn't make any sense at all all um kenya again point blank asks her what is your problem with me and sonya can't name it okay sonya is completely she has no answer she has no answer there she has no answer in the confessional she's like why didn't i read her to filth in jamaican and then when she does her jamaican reading to filth i'm like you didn't really read anybody to filth because you got nothing to read her about she didn't do anything to you they squash it because like i said it doesn't make any sense for them to even be fighting it doesn't make any sense for them to be fighting period but can you ask her very sincerely did you get me a birthday cake and sonia says she did not it's so curb your enthusiasm the end of it i loved it <laughs> but i'm going to i'm going to say this i'm going to ask you guys all the same question next because next sunday is my birthday so somebody fucking better get me a birthday cake okay um, the episode ends, or so we think, and we get this KFC story with Marlo and Candy. That Marlo and Candy made up at the airport over a bucket of some delicious Jamaican KFC. Just, it's the best show. You would never, this would never happen in Beverly Hills. Like never, ever, ever happen in Beverly Hills because they're not real human beings. These are real human beings, Okay. Anyway, speaking of other real human beings, uh, let's talk about Married to Medicine. I'll always say the realest ladies on Bravo. Uh, we open back up on the ladies in Vegas, and there are there. It's in the post brunch brawl, zip lining through the mall fiasco. They're all getting ready to go to dinner, and everyone is discussing the issue from that morning between Heavenly and Contessa. And Quad, the voice of reason, my favorite person on the show, says everyone is wrong, and everybody needs to you know, tuck their tail between their legs and apologize for the shit that they fucked up with. They all go out um, to this like super sexy lounge and restaurant. And Simone, I have to point out, is wearing the jumpsuit that she said she was going to put the butt pads in. And I need somebody to find out for me, is Simone wearing butt pads? Because she looks fucking fabulous. She looks so good. All these women are stunning. Um, They get to dinner and Contessa immediately says thank you and apologizes to the whole room for losing her shit. And of course, Heavenly, in true Heavenly fashion, doesn't say shit. She doesn't say shit. She doesn't own shit. The, je- the chef comes out and is really, really sweet and is like being super kind to them and explaining everything. And he's really using his moment on television to sell his restaurant. And girl, I am sold. Okay, I want to go there. I want to go to there. Um, but when he walks away, Quad says, I like his vibe, but the subtitles said, I like his butt. <laughs> Okay, shady ass closed captioners. Like, that is not what she said at all. She said, I like his vibe. That's it. 
And they play a game while during dinner called Spill the Tea. Simone brings a tea kettle and everything. <laughs> Where did you get this tea kettle from? Did you pack it? Did you borrow it from the hotel? Where did, how did you carry it with you? I didn't see you bring a bag. Where did this come from? But the, in it, they ask some sex questions or whatever. And then they ask a question that I think is like quite cuckoo banuno. Okay. They say, are there are there problems when the woman is a breadwinner in the relationship? If so, what? And this is heavily asking the question at the table. And most of the women say, yeah, but only when a man thinks that being the head of household is based on being a breadwinner. That's what Toya says. Toya says, there are problems when the man thinks head of the household is based on being a breadwinner. And of course, of course, Heavenly comes in with some ass backwards misogyny. She says, it's in the Bible for the men to be breadwinner. (laughs) I just love Toya. Toya's like, I like the Bible. The Bible's my best friend. (laughs) I'm best friends with the Bible. It does not say anything about men being the breadwinner in the Bible. And if it does, then Damon better get to work. (laughs) Which implies that Heavenly makes more money than her husband. Which makes sense. They're both doctors. Like she's a dentist with a practice that is probably booming. Damon is a doctor. And plus she makes money through Bravo. And she has a beauty store. She's making plenty of money. She's probably making far more money than any of the like any of the husbands on this show. All of the women who are on the show as main cast are making plenty of money. Okay. So <laughs> yes, Heavenly is definitely not the breadwinner in this family. Um, but then, of course, Heavenly has to get low down and dirty as she does. And she says, Toya, you would never marry a man who doesn't have money. And Heavenly is somehow activated and it cuts to commercial, but then it comes back and it's fine. <laughs> They're like, everybody's just like too drunk and too happy to be getting into fights. They ask, can your husband have female friends? I loved Simone's answer. I just have to say that I agree with her. I definitely think that it's okay for you to have female friends or friends of the opposite sex as long as your marriage is respected. Now, if tomorrow my husband my husband has plenty of female friends from college, from our friend circle. If tomorrow my marriage was being discussed with one of those girlfriends, I'd castrate my husband straight up. <laughs> He'd be dead to me, okay? That's something that's not going to happen, okay? Same thing with me. I would never go and talk to one of my guy friends about my marriage. That's insanity. Um, they ask, Contessa asks, what are the symptoms of a dysfunctional marriage? And everybody is side-eyeing and looking around the room. And Contessa says something like, what is dysfunctional for some may not be for others. Everybody's symptoms are different. And I think that's probably the best way to describe Contessa's marriage. Contessa has a super dysfunctional marriage, but that's to me based on my standards and probably based on a lot of other people's standards. For for them, I guess it does work, kind of. I mean, she spent like two seasons complaining about it, but I guess it works out. Anyway. They ask, what did you learn about your husband after marriage? And Toya dogs out poor Eugene's penis, which is rough. Um, I just want to say one thing that I learned about my husband after I got married is I love that man. He is a Virgo, just like myself. We have major OCD. We love to keep our house super duper clean. We are super organized. It is wonderful. I love sharing a home with a person who is like this. But my God... 
this man won't put his socks away. All his clothes, all his clothes always go in the hamper. Everything goes in the hamper. He does his own laundry. He handles his, his closets are in our guest room. So he handles his own clothes, everything. But this man will take off his socks and he will not put them in his hamper. We have like our, our best master bathroom has like two of like our cabinet or how do I, our linen cabinet in our master bathroom has a bottom two like hampers that like roll in and out. So one is his, one is mine. And he will leave his socks outside of the hamper every time, every time. And I'm crazy enough to put them away and angrily. But sometimes I just let them stay there and see how many days we're going to spend with the socks out. And I've asked him about it. And he told me something about (laughs) TMI. He says he has sweaty feet. He doesn't want to put his kind of sweaty socks into the hamper. And I'm like, but all the clothes are sweaty anyway, so it doesn't matter. I don't know. That's one thing I learned about him is that he's wonderful in every single way, except this man will not put away his socks. Okay. Um, They talk about masturbation. And honestly, I got to give props to this because I do think that when I was growing up, like the idea of female masturbation was so taboo. Like, of course, like since like fucking middle school, you would hear about like jerk off or like guys jerking off, whatever. But female masturbation was so taboo because women exploring their own bodies was just like not something we ever heard about in the 90s or 2000s. Like I'd say this is like a newer concept, but even now, and then now, especially on this show, adult married women on in very good marriages talking about masturbation as being a very healthy form of their own like sex, sexual expression and everything like that. I think it's actually really healthy to show this on TV and on camera, like it doesn't just have to be like Luann <laughs> packing a suitcase full of vibrators and pretending like it's a what does she say like a KitchenAid mixer or portable mixer on the at the airport when her suitcase starts buzzing. It doesn't have to be just for like single women. This is also something common that like married women can do too, which I just I don't know, I just appreciated it. At the end of this fabulous meal, they all get a stack of singles to take to the strip club and we meet King who is I guess the new bolo of Bravo. Um, it was just great. It was like a great watching the women squirm and laugh and giggle and Jackie, AKA shawl cover herself up and not get into it. (laughs) During all this, Jackie says a very large penis could be dangerous in that it could disrupt the anatomy with tears and irritation. (laughs) I I love them so much. I love married to medicine because they'll be doing something goofy and then they'll just like cut to one of the doctors giving like a medical fact about a thing that's happening. Uh, Heavenly gets like a 18 person, 18 stripper lap dance and she loves all of it. And then we cut to Atlanta where the men go work out. I was like, I'm as uninterested in this workout as the men are. All the men are like, why are we doing this? This is so stupid. It's just dumb. Um. Back in Vegas, the ladies are all hung over the next day and Heavenly has organized for the women to be fed and they get IVs to, I guess, like work off their hangover. I've never been hung over because I don't drink like that, but I would love to get this IV thing. How do I, what, should I, like, how do I get, can I get it like, say the first day of school? Like when my kids go back to school in September, which is like two weeks away, can I hire a company to come and put an IV in me? Because I feel like I'm going to need it from the amount of screaming I'm going to be doing after that first week of school. 
Um, they use the moment because everybody's calmed down. Everybody's got their bacon and their vitamin B. And she uses a moment to talk about the intervention. And Simone says that, sorry, we fucked up the original intervention. Okay, we apologize. But Heavenly and Contessa have a talk and Contessa says, or sorry, Heavenly says that she didn't realize that Contessa was so bothered by the videos. And she starts to cry. But I, I have to say there's like something about Heavenly that reminds me so much about Ramona Singer. Like the way that she cries sometimes it doesn't, it's so Ramona. It's so Ramona. And I believe that until she finally admits, like, talk about, like, why she laughs. She said something like, I was laughing, but nobody else was. And then she's crying about it. But then she admits that when she laughs during serious moments, it's because she doesn't know how to be vulnerable. And it's probably the realest we've seen Contessa since we saw her go to Miami and visit her childhood home. So I do think that there's some realness there, but there's this, this thing that she does where she starts to like, you know, do the Ramona thing um, with crying and squealing, but no real tears coming out. Um, but they, it doesn't matter because they make it up. They make up and everybody's great <clears throat> and everyone's happy and everything is fine. Um, and then at the end of this episode, we got a mid-season trailer, which like blew my mind. Mid-season? I guess if this is the mid-season trailer, I mean, oh, we need to make spot for Potomac. Okay, can we just get rid of one of the below decks and put Potomac on? For God's sake, I need Potomac. I need Family Karma back. I need my shows back. Bravo, where the hell are they? Okay, where? <sighs> well, that's it for this episode. Um... Usually, like I say, my Atlanta and Mary to Medicine episodes are a little bit shorter because the comedy is actually in watching the show. I don't know how much I could even discuss recapping it, but the comedy is in these shows. Okay, you guys got to watch it. It's the best stuff. It's the best lineup on Sundays. Um, but thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I will be back next uh, on Saturday to talk about whatever's on this week on Robert. Bye.